It's almost the weekend. Rest well because this Sunday, for you Americans who are not in Arizona or Hawaii, this Sunday is daylight saving time where we spring forward and bump our clocks up an hour. If you're outside the U.S., ignore this. It's a confusing, weird thing our country does every year, twice a year. Today, by the way, is Friday, March 6th. It's also National Day of Unplugging, which is a 24-hour period running from sundown today to sundown tomorrow, where we're encouraged to be offline to connect with others face-to-face instead of screen-to-screen. Hi and hello! You have found the podcast for moms who don't have time for podcasts. You can think of me as your internet bestie as we share recommendations, laugh about the ridiculous things we see online, and cheer each other on. I'm Indiana Adams, and today, by the way, is the short and sweet podcast that hopefully brightens your day. I am so glad you're here. You know, I don't know if I've ever done a full 24-hour period offline. I try not to work on Sundays at all, but that's been harder since today, by the way, launched and I have Monday episodes, but I feel like I use my phone every day. So I thought this could be a good today, by the way, challenge this week to be unplugged for a full 24 hour period sometime this week. You don't have to do it tonight. I'm going to try it tonight and I'm curious if you'll join me. If you get this week, by the way, our Wednesday emails, this week you heard the story of how in high school I blew off a nice guy when he gave me his email address. He said his email address was jesusfreak79 at hotmail.com, and at the time, I didn't have email. I didn't know what hotmail was and assumed that he was incredibly full of himself to have an email address proclaiming himself as a hot male, (laughs) M-A-L-E. And truly, I have been fumbling through the internet since. I graduated high school in 1998, and this means that I know how to use a card catalog and a paper map, but I much prefer to use Wikipedia and GPS. I didn't grow up with the internet, but I learned to use it as a teenager and came to rely on it in college. I bumbled my way through chat rooms in the late 90s, I saw the rise of on-demand movies and television, and my phone isn't really for talking. It's mostly for social media and web browsing. As a mom now to a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, and a five-year-old, I'm navigating things my parents and Chris's parents never had to navigate when it comes to all of this. But today, I wanted to talk about how we decide what's public for our family versus what's private. By and large, I'm finding out that we, all of us who are now parenting minors, we are all figuring this out as we go. This is the wild, wild west here. It's new territory. Today, I thought I'd share some of the choices we've made as a family, some of the things I wish I had done differently, and some things that I really don't know how to navigate yet. With my kids being in kindergarten, first and third grade, thankfully, we are not yet in a position where we have to say no to social media. My kids don't have social media. They don't have their own devices, and we're still super vigilant about what they have access to in terms of media. Granted, our conversations about this may look a little different than yours because I'm a content creator, but here are three things that we do in our house that we're really glad that we've made those choices. First, now that they're no longer baby babies, I want them to feel like their bedroom and their bathroom are private. So we don't take our phones in there. 
I want both of those spaces to be places where they feel free to change their clothes, to take care of bathroom business, and to have open conversation with me and with each other. If you ever see a photo of my kids online that was taken in their bedroom, it's because they've asked me to take their photo. They should expect their rooms and their bathroom to be a safe and private spot for them. It should not feel natural or normal for them to have no place for privacy in their own home. Secondly, I no longer air dirty laundry. Certainly, we are not a perfect family, and it's very important to me that I don't set us up to appear to be a perfect family. But if my children and I are struggling through something, that's not for me to share when we are in the thick of it. Instead, I talk to friends at church or family. I just can't help thinking that the internet is forever. Yes, maybe it's funny to share a poop story on Facebook or in a blog post, but in a decade from now, that story may still have their name attached to it. And yeah, maybe it's a totally innocent story, but they may be incredibly embarrassed by this when they're 17. My birth stories are really well known, and they've been shared on The Birth Hour, episode 3, But if I could do it over again, I would not have used their real or their full names. Honestly, I just didn't take the long view of it. I think they're great stories to share. I'm glad I told them. But when Caroline is a teenager, she may not want everyone knowing how she came to be. And then third, just so you know, anytime you hear my kids on the podcast, they have asked to be on the podcast. Anytime I tell a story about them or post a photo of them on social media, I have asked their permission and they've given me their consent. That also means that I have to explain every single time as best I can what the reach of those channels are, that this show is public, that my Instagram and Facebook pages are public, that anyone can hear these stories, even their teachers or classmates or future bosses at work, and see these photos for forever, even when they're my age. Then I ask them again, are you still okay with me sharing this? Most of the time they say yes, but some of the time they say no. Jude actually said no to a story of his that I wanted to share in this episode. And instead of arguing with him about it and kind of explaining, well, buddy, here's why I wanted to share it. I just have to say, that's okay. I don't need to tell it. That's your story to tell and not my story. Like I said, we're not doing this perfectly. There have been times when I have written about my kids and then taken it down because I'm like, ooh, I don't think I don't think I should have shared that. I'm just figuring this out as we go. I think all of this would be a really rich discussion to have together. We should share some of our own guidelines with each other since truly this is all new territory for all of us. Most of us are moms, so my big question is this. When it comes to sharing our lives with others online, even if that's just on a personal Facebook page where your Facebook friends are only family and people you know in real life, where does your story end and your child's begin? Do they have a say in the creation of their internet narrative when they're still so young? Does it actually even matter? In this day and age, we all have the capacity to be both paparazzi and celebrity, as well as news anchor and town crier. How do we do this well when we have no one to mentor us through this new set of circumstances? I'd love for you to share your thoughts with our community on our Instagram at Today, by the way. This week, instead of telling you about a Today, by the way sponsor, I want to tell you about my friend Erica. Erica is one of the funniest people I've ever met. And that means she's really funny because I know a lot of hilarious and delightful people. She's a wife, a teacher, and a mother to Ella, who is in kindergarten, and Aiden, who is eight. 
Aiden has a rare form of leukemia. This is his third battle with it. Over the last three years, their family has been through it all. Radiation, chemotherapy, a bone marrow transplant, hundreds of days at the hospital, thousands of pills to swallow, and endless pokes from needles. Last year, Erica posted this on Aiden's Facebook group. Children with cancer are like candles in the wind who accept the possibility that they are in danger of being extinguished by a gust of wind from nowhere. And yet, as they flicker and dance to remain alive, their brilliance challenges the darkness and dazzled those of us who watch their light. Cancer is awful. And yet, Erica and Aiden dazzle with their loud laughter and wide smiles. They are such an inspiration to me. Erica is by Aiden's side as they seek treatment at various Texas hospitals, and for now, she's unable to teach, which means their family is down to one income. As you might imagine, fighting cancer is exhausting and expensive. I cannot fathom the difficult journey this has been for their whole family. If you are a mother whose heart aches for Erica and Aiden, or if you hate cancer because it's claimed the life of someone you love— would you lift up their family in prayer and consider donating to a GoFundMe set up for them? Any amount helps. Maybe $8 for Aiden's age or a dollar amount representing the ages of your children or a number that's meaningful for someone you've lost. Together, we can make a big impact for our Today By The Way friend and her family. The link is in today's show notes, or you can visit tbtw.in Aiden to give today. Last night, Chris asked me why I haven't talked about the coronavirus on today, by the way. And the truth is, I assume you're hearing about it a lot in a lot of different spaces. My little kids at school has addressed it via email twice. And Katie, our long-term exchange student who has lived with us for the last three years, who's from China and who goes to a private high school with about 20 other Chinese students, Katie's school has sent so many emails about this including, perplexingly, an email just to the Chinese students stating that they are not allowed to go home for the summer, which I understand. But then they said that the Chinese students are not even allowed to travel by plane domestically, which you best believe that Mama Bear came out after that. I wrote back and asked if they were planning on putting the same restrictions on the American students. And her advisor said no. I'm frustrated and mad. I honestly think this kind of email contributes to xenophobia, which is the dislike or prejudice against people from other countries. NPR two days ago had a really good read that I'll link in the show notes about what some Asian people are experiencing in terms of racism in this coronavirus panic. And that's not okay. Anyway, I wasn't planning on talking about it because I don't want to contribute to any anxiety that you may already have about it. I listen to the Newsworthy every morning and I swear, there's a coronavirus story four out of every five days, and it is dominating the headlines everywhere. So if we're going to talk about it here, we're going to take it pretty lightly. First, I'm not really into the Enneagram. In fact, I may be totally against the Enneagram. I, I just have conflicting feelings about it. But I saw a cute Facebook post about Enneagram types and their response to the coronavirus threat. A type one has a perfect list of necessities, but no time to shop. Type two worries about how they will care for everyone if there's an outbreak. Type 3 wants to appear prepared but also be respected for their lack of worry. Type 4 broods about the indignity of possibly getting the same illness as everyone else. Type 5 listens to podcasts of virologists, ups their daily potassium and magnesium. 
type six, buys 150 pounds of dried beans while wearing a gas mask, text a friend, I knew it. Type seven, plans a vacation in hopes for school cancellations, is willing to risk a cheap cruise. Type eight, annoyed by CDC updates, washes hands less in defiance. And type nine, can't decide if they should be worried, takes nap instead. What's the number that thinks we've probably all already had it and we just wrote it off as the cold and flu and we've probably already passed it on and we're fine. Everything's fine. It's fine now. Something else really good that I saw about it was a webcomic for kids on NPR. It's printable, it's cute, it's funny, and I think it's what's needed. Jude told me yesterday that they're not allowed to talk about the coronavirus in class because someone in their grade has a really bad panic-inducing anxiety about it. And maybe that's because it's so prevalent in the news. I think that's why this comic is such a need. Basically, it says there's no need to panic but you do need to cover your sneeze and wash your hands to the song of ABCs because that's at least 20 seconds. I've linked that helpful comic in the show notes, so hopefully that's a good resource for you. Speaking of songs, I've also linked a BuzzFeed article that has a list of alternative songs that have a chorus that's at least 20 seconds long that you can sing while washing your hands. One of those is Lizzo's Truth Hurts. Fun side fact, I read on Twitter that someone sings COVID-19 to the tune of Come on Eileen whenever they read or think about it. So now that's me too. COVID-19, oh, you know what I mean. And now (laughs) that's you. You're welcome. Today's good time, good deals tip comes from my friend Hannah, who clued me into this very important Chick-fil-A hack that you can do anytime. So I have a Chick-fil-A problem the way that Indiana has a McDonald's problem. And my mom was actually the one who pointed out that on Chick-fil-A receipts, some, not all of them, uh, you're sometimes offered a survey to go online, give feedback about your visit, and then you get a reward for a free chicken sandwich, original or spicy. Um, And so I will take that reward and my rewards in my Chick-fil-A app And I'll take my toddler and we'll go to Chick-fil-A on days that we just need to get out of the house. And I'll get a free sandwich that we split. And then I'll use my rewards to get a fry to split. Or I'll bring her a pouch or a snack. And then we have our water bottles for a drink. And it's a great way to have a free little lunch date together. And then she can play in the play place while I get on my phone or read a book even. Sometimes I bring my laptop and get some stuff done while she plays. And it's so nice to on a budget be able to get out of the house and have good food the reward doesn't generate on every receipt and i've found that it only generates on receipts that you have that you spent some amount of money on something so if your whole meal ends up being free you probably won't get the reward and then when you spend money you'll get the reward in your chick-fil-a app to buy fries later so spend money at chick-fil-a sometimes so you can get free stuff other times hannah turk is a former teacher brilliant mind, obviously, and the co-author of EduMagic Shine On, a guide for new teachers. If you're an educator and you want your new colleagues to see you as a wise sage and a thoughtful person, or if someone you know is in college and they want to be a teacher, you should buy them this book. It's available on Amazon and I've linked it in the show notes. Okay, friend, that is it for today. Our challenge this week is to spend 24 hours offline. Yikes! Don't forget to donate to Aiden's GoFundMe and to try Hannah's Chick-fil-A hack. Our show notes are at todaybytheway.com slash episodes. There's a lot of links there for you today, so be sure to head over there to see those. 
Hey, I'm curious. What was your first email address? My first email address was not my name like it is now. My first email address was a name I totally made up, Darling D at hotmail.com. Yes, that's M A I L. <laughs> and I'm wondering if any of you still use your very first email address. We have nearly 1,000 today, by the way, friends who get our weekly email called This Week, by the way. And I want you to know that I see every single sign up. If you use a Hotmail account, I want to commend you. But if you have somehow held on to an AOL email address, I salute you. <laughs> I need a show of hands. Who is still using an AOL email address? I've said it before, but it still delights me. Sign up for our weekly email at todaybytheway.com, especially if your email address is at AOL.com. Thank you to everyone who took the time out to leave reviews for Today By The Way this week. Truly, it helps women to decide if this is the show for them. And those who have found us via Apple Podcasts love us and they stick around because of your honest and kind reviews. In the coming weeks, I'm going to be rolling out some fun new stuff, so keep your ears open for that. Thank you for being you. This is one of my greatest joys doing this show with you. So rest well, sneeze in your sleeve, and remember, today is a new day, and friend, I am cheering you on. <laughs>